Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. As always, the goal of this podcast is to share topics and guests that will empower you to take your business to the next level as a confident leader. Today, I am so excited to have with me S.T. Rapapur as my guest, and we are going to hear from her three skills every entrepreneur needs to know. So if you will, please join me in welcoming S.T. Hi, S.T. Hi, Vicki. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you yes, today. Yes, it's so, you know, I was so intrigued by your bio and your um, information that I was looking forward to hearing what you had to say. When I first saw your websites, I thought, oh, she's a photographer. I could use a photographer. And then I re- got into it and I thought, oh, no, there's much more here. And so I think the audience will be really intrigued by everything. Before we get into the hard stuff, though, I do always start with that easy question of uh, what part of the country, where do you live? Yes, so I actually just recently moved to Florida. Ah, just in time for the winter. Awesome. (laughs) What were you, was it your first holiday in in, uh, Florida? Um, No, I lived in New Jersey. But a bit of a long story. I don't know how many details you want me to go into. Mm-hmm. But my dad fell off a bike, became paralyzed from his neck down, oh. and came to Florida for treatment. Thank God he's doing really good. But awesome. I mean, still needs treatment and stuff. But mm-hmm. we decided to stay here. So that's what it is. I'm not complaining. Ah. It's a good place to move to. <laughs> that's right. But then you can still be by your dad. That's great. Yes. All right. So we want to really get into this and start out with what are cognitive functions? I was going to say, what are the three things? But let's just start here. What are cognitive functions? Yes. So thinking is not one big thing. Thinking is actually made up of 28 parts (laughs) called cognitive functions. These are like the skills behind all skills. So anything that you're doing in your business and your life, in order to do them without you even realizing your brain is thinking about things, Mm. right? And it's helping you. Those are the thinking skills. Those are the cognitive functions that are helping you to do what you need to do. Very cool. So if people aren't doing what they need to do, they must be having some breakdown in their cognitive. Yeah, some things for a, one person is harder than for a different person, not because they're dumb or stupid and certain people will say because different parts of their brain are stronger because of different things that happen in their lives. And all that may be true, but a lot of times it's related more to how strong their cognitive function 
related to that task is, right? So mm. let's say, for example, one of the cognitive functions is called clear perception, being able to like take information in, in a clear and organized manner. If you come back from vacation to your emails and you have like 500 emails and you don't know where to start, you don't know where to begin because there are so many emails and you're like, hey, I just don't want to do this. Then you're, it's not that you're incapable of doing it. It's very hard for you because not you're stupid but because you, this cognitive function is weak as soon mm-hmm. as clear perception is strong you know how to start where to what to do and it'll be much easier for you so we'll get into my questions that keeps on burning in my brain a little bit later we'll go on to the next which is what is process thinking process thinking or process what is the process to thinking? Is the powerful. process to thinking, yeah. <laughs> so there are actually three phases of thinking. Mm-hmm. We have input, how we take in information. Mm-hmm. We have elaboration, how we process the information. And we have output, how we tell the world we know what we know. Within each one of those phases, mm-hmm. there are some of the cognitive functions. Oh, okay. So... You seem very smart for a very young person. How did you get started in this work that you're doing today? Yeah, so it actually started back in fifth grade. Um, I was struggling with reading and went to a lot of tutors that wasn't really helping me. And Mm. my parents were like, okay, time to do something else. So they brought in Feuerstein Mediators, which is actually Mm. really popular around the world, like in other countries, I think like 40 countries or so. But for some reason in America, not so much so they brought them in got trained I got sessions um for the next couple of years and not only did my reading improved but because we didn't do any of the reading skills right we did the skills behind the skills we did the Mm. thinking skills so other areas of school got better my confidence went up socially I did better right like I was able to relate to people ask better questions all those sort of things so because I saw the impact it had in my life I was like I'm going to go into this. And I started getting training at 17. Oh my goodness. So you, we talked earlier about smart and dumb just briefly, but a lot of times with kids, especially as they're going through school to determine whether or not they're going to get into the, the special classes, you know, the AP classes, the, you know, accelerated classes, they look at the child's IQ. So how do you raise your IQ? Yeah, so actually IQ isn't static. It could change and Mm -hmm. it has been proven to change. And so by improving cognitive functions, you improve your IQ because you're improving your thinking skills. So Mm -hmm. automatically your IQ goes up. They at some point did some research that I think like 70 sessions or so of IQ like makes of sessions makes your IQ go up a number like every 70 sessions or something but I I find it hard to believe that it's an exact number Mm -hmm. because it isn't like uh it isn't a type of sessions where you're like following something on a computer and you're doing the exact levels every time Mm -hmm. it's more dynamic and things like that but in general um your IQ could go up does go up from it so when you talk about the computer, I, I tend to think about my seven-year-old that is into Minecraft. And, you know, when I first heard about Minecraft years ago, I thought it was this evil thing. 
because most of the kids, they were spending all their time doing it. But I find it's very interesting how it makes him think. And um, so I don't know if you're familiar with Minecraft, um, but what are your thoughts on some of the computer games that are out there and how can they help you with cognitive functioning? Yes. So computer games can be very helpful if you take the lesson or the strategy, I like to say, Mm -hmm. out of the computer game to your everyday life. So if you're really good at a specific game, then you want to look and analyze what did I, what strategy helped me to do this and like bridge it bring Mm. it to other areas of your life in school in work with your family with friends Mm. and then could be super helpful could be a really good thing awesome so the next question i i thought was fascinating why should i write with my non-dominant hand you know i I can write with both but not everybody can really is there like you've always i'm not i'm not very good um efficient because I don't practice it but I just when I was younger I started to and I think my son-in-law is actually very good at it being able to do both yeah Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool yeah so that's actually the reason why you would a person would want to write with their non-dominant hand is because when you write with your hand that you usually used to write with your brain is going down the same neural paths it went Mm -hmm. down its whole life you're trying to think about something, you're trying to send an email to a client to write a post to do some sort of sales page or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And in that process of going down the same paths, it has the same blockages <coughs> that you may not even realize that are there. It could be have been something somebody told you or something you read in a book and different things that are in that passageway that is making hard for you to get into more of like your subconscious Mm -hmm. mind so when you write with your non-dominant hand that's more entering the amygdala like from the back door where your emotions Mm. are stored where your subconscious is more and then you don't have those blockages that you tend to have when writing with the regular hand so it almost makes you uh, release your creativity more so and your innovation yeah, what is super cool to do is to like go back and forth between both. So let's say you ask a question with your dominant hand, thinking logically, and then without thinking, let your creativity come out with your mm-hmm. non-dominant hand and have a conversation between your two hands. Oh, that's so cool. So what, my young child here, <laughs> what is next on your journey? What What's next for you? Yeah, so currently I'm in a very big um, growing phase of taking, like right now I'm just the only one who does coaching sessions within the business to help entrepreneurs. But really my goal is to bring on more coaches so that way there are more people doing this because it's a very time-consuming place. Like It's no like just recorded videos and do this and here's our tips and here's our hacks and so we're doing because... Every person is very personalized depending on what their weak cognitive functions are, right? Everyone needs their own mediation. They need their own guidance. So that's really a goal to hire more people and to grow it so more people can improve their cognitive functions. So is most of your coaching done uh, one-on-one rather than group coaching? 
it actually is in very small groups, like up to six people, because you while we're doing while during the sessions, we do brain exercises, mm. right? So not on a computer, but on hard paper. Um, and while one person is working, someone else might be needing help while and back and forth. So it works really mm-hmm. well in group because there's good conversations. Okay. Yeah. As I was talking, I realized I messed up and did not read your short bio, but I will do that just to kind of bring people up to speed. Um, so she mo- she writes that most entrepreneurs want to grow their business, but are already overwhelmed. And at her company, Life Picks University, she helps you rewire your brain to become more efficient and effective while experiencing more inner peace, which helps you understand all the things that we've been just talking about. So going back to the title of our episode, three skills, what are the three skills every entrepreneur needs? Yes, these are three of the cognitive functions that are very, very common that that I find when working with entrepreneurs based on their traits, that these are weak and it sometimes bites them afterwards. So the very first one is defining the problem because Mm. entrepreneurs are such action takers and they want to do, and they want to go as soon as there's a problem or a challenge, they're very quickly to like, fix it. Let's see what we're going to do. And they right away get into action mode. If they literally just take a couple of minutes, doesn't have to take long to just understand what's actually the problem here Mm -hmm. what created this situation and then they're gonna save so much time and money and like resources to solving the right problem instead of having to try five times and then get to actually what it is yeah and i would think that it would also have you be more or less apt to repeat that problem because you understand what the problem is more so than you just fixed it and don't really realize what the root cause was that caused it in the first place. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. Yeah. All right. So is that all three? No, that's one. (laughs) Defining the problem, right? Okay. Okay. So the second one is people don't really like this one, but I'm going to understand it and then see, think about it. Don't take it as fact, but think about it and maybe afterwards see if maybe it comes up in your life. But this one is understanding reality. Okay, entrepreneurs have a really big goals and really big dreams, and I want you to achieve every single one of them. But sometimes your (laughs) current abilities, your current resources, the current money, the current things that you have is not going to allow you to achieve your goal in the way that you want it. You either have to adjust your goal, which I don't think you should do, or adjust what you have at hand, your creativity, come up with another solution, see who else you could bring on board, find another way that you can achieve your goal. Instead of being frustrated and going being like upset that you didn't achieve your goal or that it's not working out the way you wanted to, or you have too many things to do on your plate, try to see what you can adjust reality. So that way you could actually achieve your goals. Awesome. And the third, the third one, this one is one that sounds very basic. Um, 
because little children do it, but we don't always do it correctly. And that's being able to compare. I like to say, if you are buying a new computer, okay, and you say, okay, I like this one. I like A better because it is 18 inches, but I like B better because it's $1,000 less. You are not you're comparing them, but not on the same parameter, not on the same level. One is about size. One is about money. You have to be able to compare on the same parameter and then decide which parameter is most important to you and make your decision. Now, obviously, that's a very basic example. And in business, we have way more complex things with way more things that are getting involved in it. But we need to start that basic, get that comparing so that way you could make good decisions. You could realize why your ads are not working, what is what is common between your top clients, right? All those sort of things that will really help you grow your business. Yeah, we used to say apples to apples or oranges, not yeah. apples to oranges. Exactly. So what is the mindset growth why is mindset growth important to our leaders? Yeah. So actually Carol Dweck was a psychologist in Stanford University and she wanted to research what makes a person success, su successful. And she realized that it's not IQ. It's not talents. It's not where you come from. None, none, nothing that people really thought it was. What it has to do is if they have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. A growth mindset is always being willing to learn, being willing to try new things, to fail, to constantly growing and having that sort of mindset that they're going to be able to figure it out. They know that they can and they're going to find a way to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Someone with a fixed mindset rather thinks the way they are is how they're going to stay, things that they're good at, they're going to be good at, things that they're not good at, they're just never going to be good at. And that is why they end up not being able to do what they want to do. Okay. The number one way to improve our focus Yes. So the number one way to improve our focus is actually not what most people think, because there's a part of your brain, the parietal lobe, um, that's in charge of choosing to focus. So when you want to choose to focus on a task, so you're using that part of the brain and it's not very developed. A big part of that reason is because in that brain, in that part, section of your brain, you have your sense of touch is also there. Now, usually when you are trying to feel something, your eyes see it before your hands actually get there. So you are making an assumption of how it's going to feel before you touch it, right? Before I touch my shirt, I've worn this before, I know what it feels like. So when you're actually touching it, you're not really using your sense of touch. It's almost like you're feeling with your eyes. Mm. So if you want to improve your sense of focus, you want to improve your sense of touch because it's in the same part of the brain. How do you do that? By taking away your eyesight, your eyesight, blindfold yourself and feel things around blindfolded, get into all the details. What is this exactly? How do I feel it? Get braille books. Like it could be children ones because the comp you're, if you don't know how to read braille, you don't want big ones, but like little books, there's some like these like um, mazes like that are done like with braille, put on a blindfold and 
feel, actually feel it. Now, when you do this in the beginning, your brain will hurt. You could Mm -hmm. actually feel your brain hurt because it's a part of your brain that's so not developed. Mm -hmm. But if you do this enough, you will like, you're going to see how how much you're focusing improved. Like I literally had clients had gone off meds because of it afterwards. It's, it's incredible. Wow. So what are three takeaways that you would like our audience to have from this podcast? Yes. The very first one is that growth mindset to like always believe it is possible because that is the way it is going to make it possible. The second one is if you ever encounter a situation either where it's hard for you or you made a mistake or maybe like you bought a course and it didn't work for you things like that instead of blaming the situation try to identify the exact moment the point and where it became a challenge Mm. what was your actual struggle for you because that is probably your weak cognitive function so instead of blaming and saying that you can't do it or getting frustrated solve that issue and it will be way easier for you so why should a leader have a coach I think everyone should have a coach, (laughs) but especially a leader as you are leading other people and you are helping other people, you want an outside person to help give you a perspective and not so much have their perspective on you, but help pull out your perspective from within because we have so many thoughts, so many things going on and not always do we like actually process everything that we know everything that we believe everything that we want to do by having a coach you could like laser focus pull it out of you and be able to give over to whoever you are leading Mm -hmm. the best way possible yeah as you were talking about that it made me think of a, a conductor and a conductor brings out the beautiful music in each of those people that are playing instruments to um make it richer and better so Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good example. So you are one smart lady and no, I'm smart, but I do love to learn. Yes. <laughs> and you're very interesting. I think you've, you've learned and retained a, a ton of information that uh, me at 65 has not uh, got all that information. And that's why I do these podcasts to try to keep always growing and learning. So I really appreciate you sharing all of your insight, all of your wisdom. And I am excited to know what is next on the ST train. Uh, What is next on your journey? Yeah. So like I mentioned before, really um, growing, growing um, the business, but also not just the business, like per se of like helping just entrepreneurs. I really want like my big goal is that cognitive functions, the concept of thinking skills to be like a household name. Because Mm -hmm. when you understand that there are thinking skills and that naturally with 28 of them, there has to be that some of them are going to be stronger and some of them are going to be weaker. When someone does something so-called mean to you or that you didn't like or just clashed with you, you can understand probably it's from a weak cognitive function people don't aren't purposely trying to be mean yes some of it is like related to trauma and emotions and things like that which Mm -hmm. is very very related to cognitive functions but when you understand that it 
probably is coming from a cognitive function it's way easier to understand it right like just like you don't get mad if a one-year-old can't talk and explain to you what he's saying you won't get mad at someone if they do something to you because of a weak cognitive function so even though this that was my last question i'm gonna just go one further and what value do you perceive the schools would have if we taught our young ones now you said you got this in your teens but you know what would our elementary school be like if we taught our children to understand cognitive function oh i wish i wish um there have been like some schools around the globe who have decided to do it and have seen massive results because it really teaches a person how to think not just content right we're not just learning about history we're actually learning how to think how to process information how to express ourselves and I think I mean start with the baselines like what the schools care about marks will go up in school not something that I care about um but in general, I think we'd become more active learners um, mm-hmm. versus just passive. And life in general would be more of like a learning opportunity versus yeah. just passing and taking everything that's happening. Yeah. And I, you know, personally, I find that um, life is more fulfilling as you're learning. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, it has been great. It's time for me to share my screen. So if you are just listening and you did not have a paper and pencil taking notes of this wonderful lady's information you're going to need to um, for sure re-watch this but I will share my screen and I will read her website information so that you can write it down so ST's website is lifepicksuniversity.com again that's lifepicks university.com www.lifepixunivversity.com so lifepixuniversity.com she's on linkedin and tiktok and instagram um, either her name st rapapore or lifepixuniversity if you, uh, and also on YouTube, if you just search for Life Picks University, you will find ST. We'll get a letter talk to you about her gift. Yes. So if you want to know where each one of your 28 cognitive functions are, how strong on a scale from one to five, each one of your thinking skills are, you could take the free cognitive function assessment. Literally takes about 10 minutes, not less to know and you could begin knowing what's your starting point what you should begin working on you could get that at lifepicksuniversity.com forward slash cf so that's lifepicksuniversity.com forward slash cf very good everybody should do that and maybe have your kids do it too (laughs) (laughs) or take them for your kids (laughs) i'm serious i i i just think that that would be awesome. Well, ST, it has been just wonderful. You you did give me, uh, you took me to school, gave me some lessons. I enjoyed every minute of this interview. You, you were just um, very impressive, very impressive. 
And oh, I thank do you, wish Vicky. You, this was fun. <laughs> I do wish you the very best, um, you and your family, and Joy Florida. <laughs> and uh, in the summer months, you can come up to Georgia and cool down a little bit. <laughs> thank so, you. So with that, as always, remember, life is a journey, and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Neffling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Neffling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.